Welcome to the podcast of Leeds First Methodist Church. We are so glad you decided to tune in with us today. The following sermon was preached by Pastor Chris, and it is the third sermon in our church's So Long Sin series. If you would like to watch the entire worship service, you can do so by visiting our website at leadsfirst.org, and at the top of the page, go to Worship and click Online Worship. Well, good morning. My name is Chris Stallings. It's my privilege to get to be pastor here at Leeds First Methodist Church. We're in a series this summer in the month of July. We're calling So Long Sin. Do you feel like sometimes your life is faced with temptation after temptation and even sometimes failed expectation? Like where you've given in to something that you regretted later. We know that the enemies of God are working against God's plan for your life to try to tempt you, to try to bring you down in sin. But it doesn't have to be that way. That's not God's desires and that's not, it doesn't have to be your reality. And so this series, we're looking at ways that we can say so long sin and live the life God has for us. Our key verse comes from the book of Romans in the Bible, chapter 6, verse 13. Our key verse is a long one, but a good one this month. Romans 6, 13 reads, Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. And so today, I think we're on part three. Say, so long sin, take the Spirit's nature. Take the Spirit's nature. Well, it was a good week in hosting Mega Sports Camp. A few of the numbers, we had at least 101 different kids that came. We had over 60 different volunteers that served. And on Thursday night, whenever we invited the kids that were participating to follow Jesus, we had 24 decision cards. I'll give God an amen for his work in those lives of the kids. It was not just a, a spiritual endeavor, it was a physical endeavor. I'm looking at some of my volunteers that are in the room and they're like, is it Sunday? <laughs> you know, when does Sunday nap come? Because it was an exhausting day. Because most folks had a work day and then they came for the evening and, and did a, another three or four or five hours of volunteering. And it just, it made such an impact, but it was a physical impact on you as well. I felt that as well. Each night I was kind of like, <laughs> the kids wanted to stay and play after their parents were outside coming to get them. And so we were like slowly turned the lights down to where it was almost dark. All right, now you got to go, you know. Uh, and then whenever I got home, I was like, whew, I just want to rest. And Wednesday night was especially tiring. We had a rain cloud come through and it just kind of, we had a plan, but we had to execute that plan. And so they were playing inside and restless. And so it was especially exhausting. And when I went home, I just said, you know what? I don't care what else there is to do in the house. I'm going straight to the bedroom. Any of my volunteers? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, a little side note to set up my story is 
some of y'all know I have contacts or wear glasses, and so I have contacts, and I'm really good about every night taking out the contacts, put them in the solution to where they stay clean and don't hurt my eyes. And I have a pair of glasses I wear when I watch TV or to see getting up going down the hall at night. Whenever I put my glasses on Wednesday night, everything was blurry. I was like, oh no, I'm losing my eyesight in the middle of this, all this worry, you know? And I was like, what is going on, you know? And then after about five or ten minutes investigating, I realized I still had my contacts in, and I put my glasses on. Anybody ever done that? It doesn't help, right? Two things that were supposedly good or helpful, we put them together, it made it worse. In fact, I couldn't see at all. It's just like, you know, just awful. Well, our faith journey can sometimes be like that. Like we take a little bit of something, we think, well, this might work, maybe a superstition, and, and try that. And maybe we say, well, I have a little bit of faith, or I'll take a little bit of church, but not too much, or a little bit of what mama said. And then in doing that, we kind of come out at the other side with a, what is this, right? Even stuff that may feel like it would be helpful in the end does it. It's kind of like having contacts and glasses. We put the wrong thing in. And so how do we see clearly on our faith journey? That's the role of God's Holy Spirit. It's to guide us, to help us know what to do, what to pray, what to live. And so today we're going to look at a passage of Scripture about what it means to take the Spirit's nature. If you've got a Bible, I invite you to open it to Romans in the New Testament. If you got the Bible app on your phone, open it up. Or if you texted the word here in our worship guide online, this passage will be in there as well. Romans, I've been looking at it for a few weeks, has a, it's a letter, an epistle kind of thing. That's a letter that Paul the Apostle wrote to the Christians that were in Rome. And he's writing as N.T. Wright would say, to declare the righteousness of God. And in the opening part of Romans, he opens up with a a declaration that we live in a fallen world, right? That there is sin around us, sin among us, even declaring that all have sinned. And then it goes on to say that the righteousness of God requires that there is a collection or a punishment for that sin, and that is ultimately death. And if we're unforgiven in our sin, that punishment includes eternal separation from God in a place called hell. But now we're getting to some of the good news. Last week we talked about how we try to be the ball hog in our faith journey. It's like, no, 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 God, I got this with our finances, with our whatever. And God's like, hey, I'm going to slam dunk it for you if you'll just give the ball to Jesus. And so today we're going to look at how he does that or how God does that in guiding us with the Spirit. I'm going to look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, we're going to read verses 1 through 11. I'm reading the New Living Translation or the NLT if you want to follow along word for word. Romans 8 verse 1. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you 
from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful natures. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his, only, his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Verse 4, he did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Verse 5, those who, dom- who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to the life and peace. The sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit If you have the Spirit of God living in you, and remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will Give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. This is the Word of God for the people of God, and we say, thanks be to God. Well, verse 1 declares the the good news or the ha moment. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. N.T. Wright in the New Interpreter's Bible Commentary says, That is made possible because of the condemnation of sin. The real culprit all alone has taken place on the cross. The central essence of verse 3 and 4 is simply this. God condemned sin. The cross was not punishment on Jesus or for Jesus. The cross was punishment of sin. That Jesus bore for us. And because Jesus had lived a perfect life, he could be the perfect sacrifice for each one who follows him. Because of his power of God working in him in his resurrection, he can give that or pass that along to you or assign his righteousness to those who follow him. Sort of like a, a country follows a, a mighty warrior into battle. The whole country wins if the warrior leads and wins that battle. If the battle is lost, the whole country loses, so to speak. Because Christ won the battle, defeated sin, and rose from that death, he can assign that victory to everyone who follows him to you and to me then in verse 4 
the resulting promise of God for those who follow Jesus. You're no longer enslaved to sin, its consequences, death, or hell, but you can and will follow and live a life guided by God's Holy Spirit. Let's look now at how we can know and apply that truth to our life. If you got your worship bulletin, I invite you to follow along with these couple of points. They're also in the online worship guide. Number one, take the Spirit's nature to think differently. Take the Spirit's nature to think differently. Verse 5 said, those who are dominated by their sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. The Spirit of God empowered creation of everything that was created, every living being, you and I. The Spirit of God empowered Jesus in his preaching of the truth that people said this must be from God. The Spirit empowered Jesus to perform supernatural works, miracles, and compassion. Hear these words of Jesus about that same Spirit that is living in you, powering both your words and your life. Jesus said in John 14, the words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does the work through me. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me, Jesus says, will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to the Father. Jesus says, when he ascended to heaven, the Spirit came. Every person who follows Jesus has his Spirit living in you. And Jesus promised, it says, you can do even greater works than I. The logical flow of this passage says that God sent his Son as a means to fulfill his righteousness. And because that righteousness is fulfilled, he can impart that or assign that to you. And because that's assigned to you, God's Spirit can be present in you. You could have that renewedness, renewedness of God's presence in you. That makes a difference. This passage says it'll change the way you think. Our mind gets us in trouble. We talked about last week how our heart deceives us. Our mind gets us in trouble. Paul goes on later in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, saying, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. By changing the way you think. How many of you remember being in school? You remember that? Anybody? Remember that? Uh, you, let's raise our hands. How many of you were ever tempted to cheat? Right? You know what I'm saying? Like the person next to you had something on the answer sheet and you had nothing, and you're like, right? Woo! All right. Y'all come right down here if you ever did. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All of us just run down there. Don't do that. Cheating's wrong. But imagine you were going to cheat, and you wound up sitting next to the lowest scoring child in the class, right next to you. You're like, well, you know what? 
I'm just going to copy their answers. They make F's all the time, but I'm still going to copy their answers. That's not only wrong for cheating, that's just plain dumb. Right? Everybody agree to that? That's dumb. Paul is saying here in your life, you're copying off the wrong answer sheet. Quit copying the world. You're looking at the world, what it does, and saying, oh, let me try to mimic that. When you do, it's destroying you. It's failing your life. Change the way you think. Jesus Christ has walked into the classroom and said, here's the answer key. All you got to do is come up and ask me. and He'll give it to you. And it ain't cheating. I'm giving you this answer. So when we change the way we think, we put off our sinful nature. The one that relies on earthly accomplishments for happiness. The one that pursues more money or more trophies or more escape from reality. So quit trying to look to the world for the solutions to your life. Look to God's Spirit to change the way you live and think differently. Number two, take the Spirit's nature to take on eternal life. Verse 11 says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. The life following Jesus begins whenever you put your faith in him. We say, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to take his victory that he's giving to me, and I'm going to follow him. That life continues when you willfully follow God's Spirit in you. God's Spirit's trying to dwell in you, and you've got to let it to give you the life that God wants you to live. When you come to the fork in the road, you'll know which one to take. God's Spirit guides in that way. Being a part of God's Spirit, following Him is giving you life that will extend into eternity, that starts now and extends into eternity. So I invite you to pray today in the name of Jesus. Say, save me. Pray in the name of God's Spirit, fill me. In every moment, with every step, say, guide me. Guide my life, guide my heart, guide my mind so that you may start living as God intended for you to live now and for eternity. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the blessing of your Holy Spirit, the promise of guiding us for renewing our mind and guiding us to live. God, I pray that you would fill us, each one of us here now, that blessing. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We would love for you to visit us in person at 8.45 a.m. for modern worship or at 11 a.m. for traditional worship. If you would like to plan a visit, simply text the word CONNECT to the number 205-772-4906 and you'll be sent a link to get you started. Thanks again and God bless.